So we're going to roll into the episode now with Rob Lipset. So with this episode, we discuss with Rob his fitness journey in terms of him uh, becoming the number first sort of fitness influencer in Ireland and YouTuber, how he's transitioned through that and how he's moved out to sunny Spain and how he stays in shape whilst enjoying a whiskey sales or two. So get involved in the episode coming up now. Welcome to another episode of The Shredder Show. And today, great pleasure to have uh, Mr. Rob Lipset. So Rob is one of the, I don't know if it's an old school fitness influencer, but you're a big name from Ireland who's currently in sunny Marbella. And wow. just interestingly, before the, before we started this, you just said you went over to Marbella and then you never came back. Um, <laughs> so that's an interesting story in itself. So in terms of that, Rob, how did that come about, you going out to Spain the first time? Was that due to the, the lockdown and the sort of uh, savage restrictions we were seeing in the UK and Ireland? Yeah, so first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I actually love to start my day with a podcast because it's just always just a positive way to start the day, a conversation with like another fitness entrepreneur or you know a like-minded individual. So first of all, thank you for having me on and for starting off my morning with me. And um, so second of all, yes, I was living in London and I remember it was like November 2020, gyms closed for an exact month. And on that day, I booked a flight to Dubai and I went to Dubai for 30 days. And it was a great decision. And I was like, thank God I escaped that because when the gyms were closed, I was losing my mind. I swear to God, it just had such an effect on me. And then they got, I got word again, or you know, the government put out that on January, they were closing the gyms again in the UK. And then in the same in Ireland, the gyms were closed. So I was like, where in Europe do I know that you know everything is pretty much open, especially the gyms, and that you know I've been to a couple of before, a couple of times before, and I'm familiar with the place. And that was Marbella. I actually used to work down on the port, handing out flyers when I was like 21. And yeah, again, like yourself, my family used to live out here, so I know the area well, and I end up falling in love with the place. And it's very different. Like when I come here in previous times, you get on the piss. You know, you go out, and after five days, you'd be hungover, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, get me home." But I came here and like actually didn't drink for like two months or something. And, you know, I just focused in on the gym and there's actually a whole different side to Marbella. Like it's got the best gyms in Europe now. They're absolutely insane. That's gone to another level. And there's loads like healthy cafes and, you know, and just little foodie spots as well. So that's, that's mainly what I've been into this uh, the last few months. Because if you just come here and you go going to drink too much, you know, you won't last. You won't be here too long. But yeah, so this, like you said, uh, main reason I came out here was to escape the crazy lockdowns. That's uh, an interesting thing. I think it's that's why I like Dubai as well. To be fair, uh, Marbella and Dubai are very much like you can make it what you want to be. What, what exactly. you want. Like if you want to go out and go nuts, you can do that. If you want to live a like super healthy lifestyle, like they both got the best gyms in the world. Yeah, um, literally. Yeah, hundred percent. Interesting. Like I don't. Know, Ten, twelve years ago, Marbella didn't really have that many gyms, and it's suddenly just gone mental with it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, again, I've been coming here since uh, I was actually 12 years old with my family and, you know, every summer since then. And I think just in the last three, four years, the fitness scene has just blown up recently. There's actually a gym I just, just joined it there and opened up last month. It's called the IO. And <laughs> it's not sponsored. I, I wish it was. And it's one of the most insane gyms I've seen in my entire life. It's just crazy. And so that's literally just opened up last month. So there's these gyms just, just popping up. It's in the last year or two. It's crazy. There's just like a boom or something. Do you think that's great, best, great for me. Do you think that's the, they're the best gym there now? Because that's an interesting conversation. So like 
I, re- I, I love uh, UP my bed. I like paddle. It's quite cool for being outside, but I can't really train yeah. now. I just get, it's a bit irritating. Yeah, uh, completely. Well, do you think that's the best gym there now? So um, just like you, I was a member of UP, and I would rate UP and IO pretty much the same. I see IO is, is outside as well. So it's kind of like paddle club you know, without just the crazy crowds and distractions. Um, I think the IO actually stands for invite only, so they're, they're quite selective with who, who they let in, um, which is great. You know, I go in there and it's just like pretty much empty for the moment, probably because it's new, but yeah, uh, hopefully they'll keep the crowds down. But yeah, they're my two favorite gyms is, is UP and the IO. Interesting question. What do you think is the... So obviously you've lived in obviously Ireland, London, you've traveled loads. What yep. do you think are the biggest cultural differences from, say, living in Ireland to London to Spain to wherever else you've been? Yeah, so w- one big difference that I noticed with Dublin and London, and a lot of people from the UK don't realize this, Dublin is an extremely small town. It is, it's like a village in a sense, like everyone knows everyone, which is lovely. In, in a few ways, but it's also a bit of a, a bubble, you know, that you can't really do anything about people talking about it. And, you know, there's a lot of gossiping and stuff. Whereas London is, it's like the New York of Europe. You know, London's just absolutely massive. So everyone's kind of just on their own mission, a bit more open-minded. And you'll meet just people from all walks of life. Like I, I had a friend group in London and like none of them were like from London, you know, they're all from all around the world, which was really cool. Uh, so that's a big difference I noticed there. And then in Marbella, again, there's a lot of people from the UK and Ireland here. But again, people are, a lot of people work online as well, which is great. A lot of people here escape in lockdown. And you just meet some interesting people too. And there's a lot of people who just enjoy a certain way of life. Like, they really appreciate good weather. They appreciate the beach. They appreciate the mountains and getting outdoors. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it attracts a certain type of person. And like a huge thing about me moving here was the weather as well. Like there's some people like, oh, I love winter and getting cozy. I'm like, what? Are you absolutely joking me? I do not, I do not like going outside and having biting wind in my face. Like I do not understand people that say I like winter. It's strange people. <laughs> Mate, I'm exactly the same. That's why I probably spend like half of each month trying to like run away from the cold. Like, I like yeah. I like going skiing and I like cold as in like the mountains cold. But unless it's snowing, I don't want it to be cold. Yeah. Like, it's like... UK and Ireland is just like grey, driving rain most of the winter, which is yeah. Cold. You don't want that half-ass cold. I'm uh, like, if I'm getting cold, you're giving me snow. Okay, yeah. anything else, I'm like, I don't want it. Yeah, it's, it's no half measures. Um, yeah. <laughs> one thing I think I've noticed is interesting with like when I've been to Ireland a couple of times is the difference in mindset. And I never really understood that until some Irish friends of mine said to me like. People are very small-minded there and don't like yeah. people to step outside of their box. So like, yeah. so like, I went over, to, for example, and Addy is listening to this. Um, I went over to train like a competition winner in a gym in Dublin and people were like, who the fuck are you are? Who the fuck do you think you are? Like filming with people like, what, yeah. like who is this English guy? Like what the fuck is this about? And I never really understood that because I've never had that in the UK or anywhere else where I've been. Is that yeah, something yeah. that you've experienced and like maybe benefit from leaving almost? Absolutely. So any Irish person, like, all my best friends are Irish. Right? I love Irish people, but it's still a nation of begrudgery. Okay, <laughs> you know, and, and it's because it's such a small country. Like, yeah, look up the population of Ireland and look up the population of London compared to them. It's just, it's a, it's a tiny country, and so you get a small town mentality by default. 
you know? So if you step out of line, you do something different, you'd be like, hey, what, what, the, fuck, what the fuck's your man doing over there? Recording himself on the internet doing bicep curls. Who the fuck do you think he is? And so when I started YouTube, I was the first fitness YouTuber in my entire country in Ireland because people are so afraid to put themselves out there. You know, I got a ton of stick when I first started on YouTube and Instagram. Who does he think he is posting the app selfies? But, you know, you just got to kind of rise above that. And it's funny, a lot of times when you're on the, when you're on the come up, you have people will support you as well. Then when you actually, you're in a good place, then, then they don't like you. <laughs> so, you know, people, people want to see you making it, but they don't want to see you when you've made it. <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird, and it's a difficult thing to almost deal with mentally because you, I don't know if you found this, sometimes I find it difficult to trust people because you think, yeah. like, are people trying to use you for certain things or... I don't know. And that's where I think actually maybe, for example, you go into Marbella or well, I like to spend a lot of time in Dubai and Marbella is that like mm. you spend time around like-minded people and there seems to be less of that almost in some respects. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, I've actually spoken to, I forget who it was, but some from America and they're from a small town in America. And it's pretty much the same all over the world. When you're from a place where everyone knows you and you know everyone knows everyone's business, you're, you're going to get that bubble mentality. So it's not just really an, an Irish thing. It's just any small country or small area. A practical tip for anyone who struggles with anything like that, for example, in terms of stepping outside of their comfort zones and being comfortable being shot down. Because I remember when I first started doing things, I remember like similar to you, like people who were very close to me was like, were saying to other people, like, who the fuck does Charlie think he is doing this, doing that? And then, like, now I just look back and I don't have to say anything. But, you know, it's like, you must have the same thing. Like, people who, like, yeah. have a dig at you, you just see them. No, no one says anything, but you know, and it's just like, yeah, fuck you. And yeah, then, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you just got to kind of relish in it, yeah. really, you know, uh, and kind of, like, take it as a compliment, is, yeah. is that's what I say. And just be like, oh, thanks for talking about me, man. You know, you could be talking about anything in the whole wide world. You know, you probably got loads of problems and you're actually spending minutes talking about me. So I just, I always just say thank you. <laughs> well, um, did you ever have anything that you particularly found difficult with that or you just sort of got used to weathering the storm of that as you progressed through your sort of YouTubing career and stuff? Yeah, you know, so I, I'd like a gradual increase on, you know, online and YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is. So it wasn't as hard as like maybe, like I kind of, you know, gradually got a bit more attention over time so it wasn't as hard as say someone who like went on love island or reality tv show and they they spiked to this you know crazy overnight level of, of you know being known so yeah no it was chill with me it was like it was like gradual and stuff and i've kind of learned to to deal with online comments and stuff and i like i said i enjoy them <laughs> it's uh i don't know who's listened to this, but a friend of yours mike thurston someone compared to me as a the walmart version of mike thurston and i was like yeah <laughs> I, I actually i was like I'll take that as a compliment. Like Walmart's pretty successful, so I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Walmart's a big company. Yeah, I was like, legit, I'll take that. I was like, if I can be yeah. the Walmart of anything, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. uh, that, that, I don't know why that, that always stuck in my memory, to be fair. Yeah. Um, to go down like a, a training tangent, how did you first get into that then, Rob? Yeah, so that was from rugby. Yeah. Um, again, I just wanted to get jacked for rugby, um, get, get bigger, get better at the sport of rugby. And... The, the funny thing is, when I was a young lad, so I'm 29 now, and when I was maybe, I think, 17, 18, you know, I just kind of discovering the gym. And, you know, again, I was playing loads of sports, but we, you're only allowed 
do the weight, get into the weight room in school when you're in the last two years of school, fifth and sixth year. So it's 17 and 18. And we'd always try to sneak in before that. But you know, anyways, so the goal for everyone was always get as big as possible. So we're all, no one cared about cutting, which I thought was really cool. Like nowadays, like kids starting out in the gym, they all want to be shredded. You know, they all want to look like Z's, you know, aesthetics and they want to look like David Lade and all this. And it's, so everyone is now obsessed with cutting and being shredded. And there was absolutely zero of that in my hemisphere when I was, you know, first getting into the gym. So, you know, I had my mask gainer shake. <laughs> I was eating like two servings in the school canteen. Like I was in peanut butter sandwiches round the clock and I was just wanting to get bigger and stronger and everything. And so I bulked up until the age of like 17, like 20, 21. I just went in nonstop bulk. And like, again, I just started lifting. Kind of didn't know what I was doing, but still, you know, I was getting in the gym, building a foundation. And that was actually like a great start for me. Like I just did a four-year bulk for rugby nonstop. And then when I finished school, um, you know, I didn't go on to, a few of my friends went to play rugby professionally, but I wasn't that into it. And I was still mad into fitness. So like my favorite part of training was always like the strength conditioning and the weight sessions. So when I finished school, you know, I kind of put rugby to the side and focused fully on the gym. And that's when I kind of educated myself properly on, you know, how to train properly, progressive overload, periodize my training, um, learned just so much more about nutrition and actually went on my first proper cut as well. But to answer your question, the way I first got involved in everything was rugby. So it's funny, it's basically exactly the same as how it worked for me, to be honest with you. Uh, rugby, imagine... rugby definitely gave birth to a lot of lectures. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, it's the starting place. You, you learn a lot, though, because it's not that, that, that analogy to school of hard knocks is very true, though, as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, there's no beating around the bush with it. Uh, no, some... no, and again, it's not like the whole, you know, the whole, everyone's obsessed with being shredded. And rugby, like, no one cares about your six-pack, and everyone just wants to be big and stocky. You know, I remember that word, stocky just stuck to me so much. I was like, that's just all I want to be, you know? So yeah. which I think it's, it's great. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It yeah. reminds me, to be fair, I've never even thought of it like that. But I remember being in college and drinking like loads of whole milk and like getting like, I don't know, three paninis at lunch because I was trying to put a weight and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, yes. Like, <laughs> the whole milk, absolutely. I, I look back now and I was like, I probably didn't realise I had like a slight lactose intolerance. It's like slightly other <laughs> It was like allergic to milk. You're like, doesn't matter. I need, I need the calories. I, I don't know if you like did any dumb. Like other things, like you used to read in magazines, of being like, I used to eat cottage cheese with peanut butter in it before bed because I thought it was like oh. slow digesting casein. Like, same the quark. Yeah, yeah, and it's fucking horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. We're from the same era of fitness, yeah. obviously. You know? Yeah, it's like, that's what's funny about this conversation. Yeah. And anyone listening, yeah. it's a prime example of why you shouldn't necessarily read what you like, believe what you read in magazines and stuff because. Yeah. That's not really what a lot of people were actually doing, I think. But uh, Yeah, yeah. They probably sold a lot of cottage cheese and quark and stuff as well, to be fair. Definitely. I'd say those magazines were secretly funded by, by the quark industry. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, now, as obviously as your like, career's progressed, one of the things I think has been interesting about what you do, Rob, is in terms of like you live a fairly like, hectic lifestyle, what have done in the past in terms of like traveling, going out and enjoying yourself. Um, which is good. I think you've probably helped whiskey sour sales internationally like, dramatically. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I need I need to make my own actual whiskey. Yeah, like 100%. not the pre-workout, like an actual one. Pro- proper proper six. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So in that regard, do you have a certain way you try and 
manage that whilst not letting your physique fall apart? Like, do you have certain things you do in terms of days you're going to go out drinking or, or what you do the day afterwards? If maybe you could tell the listeners a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny. A lot of my clients, they always like, just I literally just got a message there. They're like, hey, Rob, I got like a, there it is. And he's silent stuff. They're like, hey, Rob, I, I got a boys weekend coming up or hey, you know, Rob, um, you know, I got a birthday this Saturday. How do I approach it? And so basically the analogy that I like to use and, and to break it down simply is calorie money. Okay. Right. You know, if you're in a deficit for the week, it, it's or if you're in a surplus or you're maintaining, it's just like a budget for saving, really. And let's say you want to save up for an event. So then you need to budget some calorie money. So let's say the events on Saturday, if it's, let's say, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you want to add in 30 minutes extra cardio, you know, list or do a hit session or something, drop carbs. 50 grams per day, drop fats, 10 to 15 grams per day. And then if you do those three things, you know, you, you add in the extra cardio, you drop fats, you drop carbs. And then you're on the day as well. You, you can do the same. It depends how long you want to kind of budget the calorie money for. Then you should have create a good bit of leeway to go out and be able to enjoy yourself. Now there is a caveat with this. I don't like shopping and changing your diet too much. Some people can use it as a bit of a binge, eat, repeat cycle as well. Uh, so I really only recommend it if you're conscious of what you're doing and for occasions as well. You know, really, you want to keep your diet consistent as possible, you know, and then it's also you can just work it into your daily calories too. But if you do have a big night out, a big event, then I just say budget, budget for it like it's money. 100%. And it's one of the things that you brought up is important. I try and teach people not like firstly 80% of this is psychology as is everything yeah. in business fitness is like the only person who's going to screw you over is your own brain and like that little yeah. bitch voice in your head who's telling you to do something you know you shouldn't do but it's being careful of not getting into that debit credit society with calories and like I think I see it a lot more probably with women who think yes. that they like they've eaten they had a glass of red wine and they need to go and jump on a cross trainer for half an hour an hour afterwards yeah. so, so they don't get fat is that something you yeah. see a lot yeah exactly and so again it's like, it's absolutely true that a deficit is, you know, you can ruin it in a day or it's a weekly thing, you know, so it's unfortunate to say, but the, the budget thing is true. You know, the energy expenditure thing, it's true. Uh, and, and, but that's why you just got to take it with a pinch of salt because some people take it too far. And, but yeah, you know, um, a lot of people like even if they are under their daily intake for the day or they're still within their goals, they'll have something that is not on plan and they'll think they need to you know account for that whereas they probably hit their macros or calories anyways you know what i mean like people eat a mars bar and it's like it's five percent of their total daily intake and they act as if it's like 80 percent, you know so again you, you got to just be be a bit conscious of that too especially when, when working with clients who are who are kind of new to it i think that's important i think what I see happens, people eat the Mars bar and then the fuck it mentality comes in being like, yeah. well, I've eaten that now, so I might as well get a Domino's and then I'll eat the Ben and Jerry's and then like, it just goes like well out of hand from there. Yeah, um, my favorite analogy is um, if you drop your phone on the ground, would you jump on it 10 times? But that's, a, that's, a, but that's what people do though. Like, yeah, legit. No, yeah. 
They're like, oh, God, phones are great. Just picture that, like someone in the street doing that. That's what people do with their diet. Uh, And I just think it's really funny when you actually picture someone dropping their phone in the street and then jumping on it 10 times. You know, just picture that. And that's how ridiculous it is what people do with their diet. That would make a good Instagram reel if you need some content. That's a clever idea. I'm actually going to get an old phone now and do that. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it's I don't know, it comes down to one of those things where it comes into like human psychology and how, and I think that's where people becoming aware of themselves is very important and not learning to self sabotage. And I think learning when you do go wrong, um, trying to identify what's led you astray, if that makes sense. So I don't know. Say for example, you like going out, but you don't want to go out too much. Is maybe you don't want to hang around certain people too much because you know it's going to get very out of hand. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so uh, a quick one on, you know, going out as well and, and drinking and stuff. So if you are like during the summer, I'll usually go out every weekend and that's how I'll approach it. You know, I'll lower calories down a little bit, create some new weight for Saturday or whatever, and then back to it. But when I do want to get in my best shape or forget physique, when I have a goal that I need to concentrate and I need to be really productive, like, you know, starting a new business or you know, just a competition or just anything, right? Um, is I will go full monk mode and hermit and like pretty much cut out alcohol for like three, I usually do three months every year. And again, it just saves so much time, productivity, you know, you have less anxiety and, you know, you just have so much more energy during the week. So, you know, I am all about going out, having a good time. Oh, of course, like, you know, you're, you're better in the gym as well. But so I am about incorporating social events into routine, but I do also think people can do, they could really do with cutting out, you know, alcohol or going out for a long period of time just to try it out. You know, I think it's also important for them learning self-control yeah, and like being able to take control of things. I think that's when people become powerful as they realize, okay, I like this, but I don't actually need it. If that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're my like, kind of two sides of the coin there. That's my way I would incorporate it if I'm going out regularly during summer or something. And then I do also go full milk mode after a period every year. This year was February, March, April. And I just got into just my best shape ever, you know. And that's, that's where like the saying success leaves clues. Like it's not really complicated when you just, you stick to your training, you stick to your nutrition, you're not going out yeah. and like drinking and eating stuff you shouldn't be doing and then guess what you yeah. get your best results like yeah yeah exactly yeah it's simple when you break it down <laughs> people ask what's the secret like there you go do you know what I mean yeah 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 for sure um on a different tangent one of the things I saw obviously you've created the last year I think it was the last year or two which is an interesting uh, is fuel cakes so yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah for sure so it's actually 10 months old if even yeah so it was like just before the start of the year last year. And so that is, that's probably the most fulfilling thing I did in last year. Like, oh, the feeling when I just launched that and just the response is amazing. I was just, I'm so happy about that. But so basically, and um, the inspiration behind it was obviously I fucking love pancakes, right? <laughs> I think everyone does. But I was like, um, it was actually Christian Guzman and Max Tuning were kind of two big inspirations and two of, my, two of my best friends. And so we were all kind of having a chat one day. It was in, we were in London at the time. We were brainstorming about like products and, you know, businesses and stuff. Just we, we often talk about that, you know, it's an entrepreneurial circle. And Max was like, yeah, you know, I'm a simple guy. <laughs> Max talks. And he was like, 
people on my channel, they love Sour Candy, so they own Sour Candy Company. And then Christian was like, you know, yeah, I'm always drinking um, energy drinks, you know, the sugar-free ones. He's always drinking white moths from, sorry, Christian, not drinking a 3D. <laughs> and then, so I was like, yeah, you know, what am I doing on my channel that, you know, my audience really likes, what am I always making? What's my most viewed video? My first ever viral video is a protein pancake video. And then, so yeah, I, I, just, I just said that it also like, it hasn't really been done in the sense that like, Everyone always starts a supplement company or a gym clothing company. I was like, I'm going to make it a pancake company. So yeah, the response to that has been amazing. We're going to bring out some new vegan ones, some new flavors this year. We're actually, we have to move, sell out the current stock and then move it over to Ireland because of Brexit and, and a few other things. But yeah, no, it's gone really well this year and, and it's a lot of fun. And when people ask me what I do as well, I was like, I own a pancake company. <laughs> so it's, it's, it sounds funny, you know, it sounds like fucking the, the gym version of Willy Wonka. <laughs> it's actually a very difficult question sometimes when like yourself and me, what we do slightly different things. If people ask you, what do you do? I sometimes yeah. just like, like, I don't know, like uh, travel information. I just like put random stuff sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, seriously. It's like whenever I, when I first started out online coaching, my mom was like, trying to get her head around it and like i'd be like oh no i train people online and she's like so what do you prop up the camera and do jumping jacks via the skype <laughs> i was like yeah kind of <laughs> it's um does she understand it yet or not no no no, no. absolutely not no no yeah. she definitely does not she actually she she slightly understands the pancakes because she can physically get them. Like I keep my family stocked up in fuel cakes, of course. They understand that, you know? And then, but then she still doesn't understand the on online thing. She's like, would you not start a cafe, fuel cafe? And I'm like, that's actually not a bad idea, but mom, uh, online is, is usually the way people buy things now. <laughs> it's also, I, you must get this a lot. It's like, I probably get every other day. Like, Why don't you open a gym? I was like, it's like do you understand people don't like i call the idea of like idea fairies it's like yeah, yeah that sounds great but you do realize like an online business is like infinitely scalable and you can sell oh. like i so even like you know my my audience like not even my family like i'll get dms be like hey rob you know why don't you open up a gym in dublin or open up a gym in marbella and of course when you do it right a gym can be super profitable you know can be a great business but I'd say 90% of the time they're not, you know? And I've like um, tons of friends that own gyms and I've obviously toyed with the idea many times. And when you actually break down the financials and how stressful it is, like once you, shit you don't think about it, plumbing, right? <laughs> light, insurance, the insurance, the levels of insurance you have to have are, are staggering. The, the equipment itself is hundreds of thousands. Uh, the rep reparation of those equipment. Another really interesting thing as well, if you want a profitable gym, it has to be not a bodybuilding gym, okay? You want, people, you want people who don't use the gym. You want them to sign up, Planet Fitness, right? You want them to sign up and never go there. If you get a gym that's like a, you know, a hardcore bodybuilding gym, those motherfuckers are going to be in there six days a week, lifting the heaviest weights possible, training their asses off. So this gym is going to, the wear and tear is going to be insane. So yeah, starting a gym, again, when you like just start lifting and stuff, like it's always your little dream for a while. But now that, you know, I've been in this industry a long time, 
It just sounds like the biggest ball ache ever. I'd rather just go to the gym. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> where the dreams become nightmares is what that makes Yeah. Sense. Like, yeah. On that note, what obviously you travel a lot, there's lots of sick gyms in Marbella, you've been to Dubai. What, here's an interesting question what do you think is the best gym you've ever been to? So, that is a good question. And it used to be between Gold's Gym Venice, uh, just because. It's legendary, like, you know, the machines are sick. Like, they actually are, are sick as well. There's a great atmosphere in there. And I think one of the, the best days of my life, just it's a very simple day, nothing spectacular happened, but I'll just never forget it is, um, I was in LA with, like, a few friends, and my family was also there. So we timed it so that we'd go away at the same time. And, you know, when I woke up, I had, like, breakfast with my family. I went to Gold's Gym with some, some buddies, we shot a YouTube video. We walked down to Venice Beach, got poke, went for a swim, and watched the sunset. And that was just the perfect day. Like, that's just, it doesn't get better than that. I'm getting the work done. I'm with my friends, family, good food, uh, and the gym. And so that just a whole, not just goals gym, but everything that's around it really comes into it as well. So that's one of them. Another one is, I, again, I may be sponsored by Alphalete, but I don't have to say this is the Alphalete Gym in Texas is just absolutely unbelievable. And so I haven't been to Alphaland, you know, the new one's not even fully ready yet. Might be going in December, if, you know, I'm able to go to the US because, um, you know, you've got to have the, the vaccine passport and everything now. But uh, should, should be all sorted by December. But so Alphalete Gym is a close second to Gold's Gym Venice. And then obviously... I'm not even exaggerating. Some of the gyms out here in Marbella, like the IO, has to be around number three. But yeah, definitely they're, they're the top three to come to mind. It's, it's, I mean, to the Alphalete gym is pretty sick. And what I yeah. what I liked about that is, like, what like, I find really inspiring about Christian Guzman is the fact that like, he just thinks of sums and things, and it becomes like reality. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, he he's the real deal. Like you know, I he works. He works so hard. I, I don't envy him anyway. Like, he works so hard that I'm like, I don't even want to do that. Like, he's, he is truly the real deal. Like, the dude, dude works through the whole night. You know, it's crazy. And, like, you know, I've been around him for long periods of time and I've traveled around with him. So I kind of was a bit of a fly in the wall for many times. And, dude, works his ass off. It's crazy. That's an issue. What do you think is the biggest thing you've learned from Christian? probably <laughs> in like the amount of it's sheer like how do I put it into words like sheer guff like sheer like just blunt hard work if you want to get something done like the dude will just stay up all night just jamming away on, on something on his laptop and it'll be done by the morning and I'm like no way I'm like I need my eight hours per night sorry don't care what it is I, I ain't doing it but yeah that's that's probably if you do want to do something spectacular um like, you know, Alpha Land is spectacular. Um, if you, like, just treat gyms. And, and it's obscene, yeah. It's just obscene. You know, so if you do want to get something spectacular done, like, just sheer blood hard work is, is what it's going to take. Yeah, I think that's what, I don't know, one of the things I like to say is, like, the biggest disease in the world at the moment isn't COVID, well, certainly isn't COVID. And <laughs> it's not heart disease or cancer, and it's comfort, because everyone's so comfortable now that people yeah. don't, aren't willing to push themselves outside that comfort zone. Whereas like someone like that pushed himself so hard that he can just outwork anyone else. Yeah, literally. And, and so on that, okay, 
the amount of people that don't want lockdown to end or didn't want lockdown to end because they were so happy sitting on their arse watching Netflix getting paid by the government as well in some cases literally getting paid to sit at home I'm like I'm like wait why why am I getting paid to sit at home you know I didn't get any of that but so many people were so happy to just be comfortable sitting at home uh, cooking food ordering Uber Eats um, and getting paid to do so it was it's crazy the last two years when you actually say it out loud like that it is and it's if you had said this to yourself in January 2024 already kicked off like you would never have believed it's real. It's almost like a weird dream almost. It's like Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, literally, like legit. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, you know, a lot of times um, if we just get into our, you know, too much of a comfortable routine, we find that we never do anything different. And that was also another thing about starting Fuel Cakes. I was like, oh, I want a new challenge. Like I'm pretty good at selling online products. I can do all this, but like, you know, a physical product, learning about shipping, logistics, you know, product formulation, uh, wholesale, that's something that we're going to start in the new year. It's just a whole different animal and something that I've had to completely re-educate or educate myself on. So it's completely different to just running a strictly online business. But I can tell, like, so I'm starting something very similar with um, creating new products we're launching. And I find, I can tell you exactly the same as me. It's also, it's fun. I like building stuff, like creating ideas. And then you, when you create an idea, like we talking about Christian, you, you, you put an idea and then you make it into something like tangible, real. It's like really yeah. incredible. Yeah, being able to hold something in your hands well, it's a different feeling. Like, you know, when I get another box of fuel case, I'm like, it's like I hold a baby. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. Whereas like, with like you know a, a coaching program or something you, you can't actually hold that um even though you know online coaching is probably make more money more profit than doing that than, than a lot of physical businesses but there is something very nice um from holding a physical product that, that you made so now uh slightly different tangent again i i think i've seen it before you're a bit into crypto how yes. long is it, how long so that's a, a big passion of mine um, yeah. How long have you been involved in that? Any thoughts on that for the future? Absolutely. So we just literally hit an all-time high this morning. Literally this hey. morning. What well, time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so perfect time to do it. And wait, is there something wrong with my mic here? Or is that, is that, is that my, can you hear me? Yeah, someone's annoyingly drilling a building up next door to me, so I'll mute myself. Oh. When I'm talking. So I'll turn <laughs> I was off. like, I was, I was like, is my phone on vibrator? So, anyways, yes, crypto. Uh, we just hit an all-time high this morning, which is so the perfect time to have this conversation. I'm like, <laughs> if it was during a dip, I'd be like, maybe we don't speak about this. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I got into it. I've, I've always actually knew what it was. Like I remember. I, through some some bits in like 2017, 18, 19, I downloaded Coinbase and played around with it. But I actually educated myself properly on it at the beginning of this year and went quite quite a good bit into it. You know, now I'm heavy into it. You know, I've got I think 30% of my savings in in, in crypto, if not more. And um, so yeah, it's funny enough, I went back to Dublin. It was when I was moving from London to Marbella. I had to go back to Dublin to put some stuff in storage and you know, see my family and just kind of you know, get some shit sorted. And I was training in a mate's gym. It was like a studio gym. So there was just three of us in the whole gym. And so it was me, my friend, and he had a client come in. And he was like, oh, my client's a gas man. He's you know, going to 
just come in and train with us. And I was like, cool. And he was a full-time crypto dude, <laughs> okay? And this, so this is January of this year. So it's, what is it, November? So it's 11 months ago, right? And so he just starts trying to pretty much convince me to get involved in crypto. And I was like, ah, uh, you know, I don't know. I know what it is. Bitcoin, what was Bitcoin at in like 1st of January? It was, it was like, like 11, 13? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty early anyways, yeah. you know? And so he was like, look, just, he goes, please put in three grand to begin with. He goes, please. And I go, are you serious? Like, I go, you're not being very convincing me. He goes, look, I don't want to do this. It's a really lame like thing for me to do, but just this is my Binance account. And this is what it was last year. And he shows me his Binance account. And it went from something like, so he had 4 million in it currently. And I forget what it went from. Like it was, it, it tripled or more or something. And so I saw the 4 million on the screen and I was just like, okay, so you're not like some loser bum who doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll take your advice. And he goes, so put it. And so then he actually became my crypto coach. Okay. And so he would tell me, uh, he's been in for years. He would tell me what to do and help me massively so i put in that you know a couple of grand into bitcoin and he was like now all coins then we started talking about them he goes this is you know way riskier it's a lot of people call it gambling you know it's very volatile he goes your main thing shops would be like bitcoin ethereum and then like you can play around with the all coins i go okay look i'll put like things like a grand into sxp okay swipe and I, again, that was really low in January. And that went up to like $5 during like around April or May. So I got like a good bit from back from that, put it into Bitcoin. I played around with a few different altcoins, but I've definitely just been dollar cost averaging for quite a good bit since January. So that's my kind of a little, like a little preview of my crypto journey. It was just from a guy I met in the gym who went down to Binance. <laughs> uh, and, and then I've like, fell in love with the whole scene since then like i'm constantly on crypto twitter just looking at it the memes are hilarious um and i think it's actually a great it's it's better than banking you know what i mean like the amount of complications i've had with my bank is insane like I, oh my god like freezing your account oh we don't recognize this transaction so much crap like i, I don't even want to go into it but so I've actually just fell in love with the whole thing uh, and I find it very interesting. But yeah. It's interesting you say that because I've had a lot of similar experiences with banking. Uh, I know in Spain it's really bad as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm presuming yeah. it's in Spain where you probably have the bank account locked. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I hear that a lot from people in Marbella. It's just a joke. They can lock your bank account whenever you want. Um, yeah. But that's where I think crypto is so powerful is the fact that it's almost like giving the power back to the people and taking it away from like these sort of institutions that can just do whatever they want almost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I fell in love with it and it's kind of like a fun, it's kind of like a little community. And yeah, it's just like a fun thing to do really. And she's obviously makes you a lot of money. And so, yeah, um, I'm thinking, what's your future? What's your future predictions for like the next couple of months? Hey, I think it's going to go. I think next two, three months, it's going to like absolutely fly. But yeah. I think at some point we're going to have a, a big pullback. So yeah. I, I, I'm tempted to jump ship in two three months time and just sit and wait and then try and buy back in again 
Yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's everyone's plan, but that's my plan as well. So I, I think around maybe like coming up to Christmas, I might, you know, pull a bit out and, you know, get some presents for the family and whatever, and then, you know, go back in with a dip. But, you know, good luck timing the market. We, we all say that. Yeah, it's, it, like, you can't pick the top and you can't pick the bottom. It's just going to happen. And you won't realize the top is the top. So it's like... yeah. You're a bit pissing in the wind trying to guess that, I think, really. But yeah, um, some of the some of the other things are insane. It's like staking on crypto. I don't know, that's something you looked at, but uh, yeah, no, I that's one thing I never do. Okay, and ever, and if you're really into it and you're really good at what you're doing and you know how to do it, I'm sure it's great. But one thing I I don't even like swing trade. I don't even like. I re- really just buy buy the dips and hold. You know, I really very simple. I'm dollar cost average as well. Um, but that's that's all I do. So tell me a little bit about swing trading or not even swing uh, trading. Staking. So this is staking, this, yeah. This is insane. So I found out about this about two months ago. So staking is basically where you get interest on having a certain crypto and you basically can't withdraw it. We can technically withdraw this within 24 hours. So I, I stake all my crypto like Solana stuff like that. I think Solana I've got a lot of like get nine percent interest on. So it's, I'm not going to yeah. sell it anyway. It's just accumulating more. But the best one is this, uh, it's a, a token called Axie Infinity, which is a gaming token. Yeah, I know it, yeah. Uh, you can stake that 124%. So if you put 10 grand into it, you're getting about 1,100 pounds a month in interest. And also it's an appreciating asset that's going up in value. So like the returns are absolutely insane. So if you put 100 grand in, you're going to get 10, 11 grand a month from doing nothing. Uh- and so, but what happens if, if the, the coin crashes? Or if the down? coin crashes, the value still keeps going. It will obviously go down, but you still accrue interest because you accrue interest getting more of that token, if that makes sense. So if, you're, yeah. if the token goes up in value, you're getting more of a more expensive item, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. I'm going to look into that. I'm also thinking of when a lot of people, um, they, do short, they try short a coin as well. You know, and, and they just get everything wiped out as well. That, see, all that tricky stuff, I don't even want to, like, go near. I'm just a very simple crypto investor. You know, I, I'll just buy the dip, star cost average hold. I'll see the profit and loss, it goes up, and, and that's it. But staking is something I'm going to educate myself more on. 100%. And that, uh, that's basically what I do. I just buy and hold, and then I don't really mess around with it. I would never get into like leverage trading because I think that's what people get into trouble to be honest with you. That, that's what I'm actually thinking of. Sorry, yeah. I, I, that's what I'm thinking of is, is the dangerous one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's where people literally lose all their money. So Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. It's interesting hindsight though. So but this is the best saying I think one of my dad's friends sent to me is that expensive today, cheap tomorrow. And if you think about, I actually originally bought some Bitcoin in 2016 and then got caught when it crashed before. Like if obviously hindsight's wonderful, it was like three thousand dollars a Bitcoin. If yeah. you knew like this is gonna, is it, I don't know what's this. I've got a thing in front of me, sixty-eight thousand at the moment. Yeah, if it, like it's it's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Like you'll drive yourself crazy if you think about that. It's like you know, oh, I should have bought Amazon stocks in the nineties. You know what I mean? So yeah, but it, it is so crazy to look back on. Yeah, it's nuts. Like when it's when it does hit hundred k. It's just going to be a shocking figure to look at on the, on the screen. It's um, breaking people's beliefs, I think, is like what I like to think about stuff like that. Because people think yeah. it's not possible, but it's a matter of time. Definitely, definitely. Um, just come away from crypto, one last topic I think is an interesting one. So you've had a, a long time girlfriend, Linda, I believe. 
Yes. How, how did you firstly meet Linda and how has that sort of manifested through social media? Is she involved in social media as well? Yeah, so she does a, a little bit on social media, like she does some brand deals and some, you know, I guess ongoing brand deals be a sponsorship. And so yeah, she is. And then she has her brand as well. She has a fashion brand that makes like dresses and jumpers and stuff that again, utilizes social media to sell products. So she gets it, right? And she, she actually studied um, film and design in college so i'm like i she knows how to work in camera like i handed a camera and you know she's brilliant at it so she does you know all my photos and videos because there's times where like you know again i work with videographers out in marbella but there's times when you know you're on holiday or something and you don't have the videographer which you really and so it's amazing to have a couple that supports you and that to have a girlfriend that supports you and that understands what you do like massively helpful you know and so yeah we've been together about three years now we actually met at an after party that i was throwing in dublin we had so much mutual friends as well and we always knew who each other were but we never actually crossed paths and then so when she walked in it was walked into my kitchen it was like 3 a.m or something starting after party i was like you i know who you are and we just hit, hit it off you know started dating but um, yes, yeah, so she's upstairs now anyways. I was like, you go on your laptop, like, do this podcast. But um, so yeah, again, she understands everything I do. She's crazy into the gym as well. Like, she's in insane shape. Um, and then, you know, we train together as well. But yeah, it's a really good dynamic. And I think it's so important when you're with someone, even like I wouldn't be with someone who didn't hit the gym. I, I just wouldn't. Like, you know, so there's someone that hits the gym, understands what you do with social media and everything. And yeah, you know, kind of get, kind of tolerates all your craziness too, um, is ideal. But yeah, so that's how we met. And that's like how the dynamic works. 100%. I think there's a lot of weird stuff that sometimes comes about through social media. And like, less people are sometimes in that sort of world. They don't really understand sometimes. Completely. Like it, it's, and as well, me, I'm a, maniac at times and it's like you know I'm always you know I'm running so many different projects that like I can be annoying and tough to deal with and so having someone that puts up with me is, is great as well uh, 100% would you is there any advice you give for anyone in terms of managing a relationship in terms of going like someone who say for example is aspiring to be a social media influencer for example and managing a relationship through that sort of process yeah absolutely so communication and understanding is very important but i think what helps me and linda a lot as well is um just have a laugh and be able to laugh at things like you know we just kind of just die laughing at something every single day and we say as long as you know we have a belly laugh every day well then you know it's a good day and so yeah just be with someone that you can have a laugh with really and that understands your goals too and where you want to be so definitely and also it does help if like let's let's not lie it does help if someone is like into the same thing as you like if someone works a completely different career isn't into the gym at all is is a vegan <laughs> is like you know completely hates all the food you ate doesn't like your pastimes like it's not gonna work like having something that's compatible with you is, is just massively helpful so i think it's being on alignment and having the same values yeah yeah absolutely like some people, I was that quote again, and something's like opposites attract. It's like, 
No, they don't. I'm like, what's going on? Someone that's the opposite of me, they would absolutely rack my head. <laughs> yes, yeah, so as someone who's vegan, who hates working out and doesn't yeah. want to travel. Yeah, and does never want to be on camera. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we are going to have some problems. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a tricky one. Um, to, to wrap things up, Robs, uh, what are the, the plans for the future for you? Obviously, you've got fuel cakes. Obviously, any other big plans for, for you in the next like, few years? Yeah. yeah, so, well, first of all, I don't like speaking, putting my plans out there until they're done. I think you're setting yourself up for a big failure there. But I do have, it's like, um, it should be sorted by the end of this month, actually, hopefully. But again, you know, it might not be, so that's what I don't want to say. But uh, it's a big kind of life event, you know? <laughs> Linda's not pregnant. <laughs> but it's a big, like, um, it's a big kind of like, um, it's kind of a new new um, area for me that I'll be getting involved in. So I'm very excited about that. And that's kind of my main focus at the minute. And then along with that, I'm always just looking to improve my online coaching service, the apps, and bring out some new fuel cake products and also want to get back to traveling a little bit more normally. Like, you know, obviously this is the year I traveled the least out of my whole life. I kind of just hunkered down in Marbella and went to like, you know, I beat the, a little bit around Europe, but you know, I haven't done much inter very international travel also. I can't wait to go back to America, link up with the athlete crew and, and start making more videos with those guys as well. So they're the kind of goals over the next coming months. And I, I think the world is finally getting a little bit more normal. It's exciting times. You can fly to the US from the, Europe again. That's a big one. As of yesterday. As of literally yesterday. So that's pretty sick. So for people to find out a little bit more about you, Rob, obviously um, most people already heard of you anyway. Where's the best place to find out? Are you Instagram, YouTube? Yeah, so Instagram is at Rob Lipset. Same with YouTube. And Rob Lipset.com will bring you to everything else oh fuelcakes.com if you want to try the best pancakes in the world not just protein pancakes the best pancakes full stop i'm just going to label this the pancake wizard rob Lipset. exactly the pancake ceo <laughs> <laughs> i will wrap that up there thank you so much rob no worries absolute pleasure so that was an awesome and inspiring conversation with mr rob Lipset. so I would highly suggest that you get involved in our competition as well to celebrate the success of that episode. And what I want you to do is leave us a five-star review, hit the subscribe button, and take a screenshot of the podcast and show it to your Instagram story or Facebook. And you'll be win the chance of winning up to £1,500 free coaching. You will also win £250 worth of Muscle Nation clothing and supplements and also a £100 Tough Rat voucher. So to get involved, subscribe, leave us a five-star review and share us to your podcast. And we'll uh, show us your podcast, your social media. This is a podcast. And we'll catch up with the next episode of The Trader Show.